Welcome to Roman Emperor's Hotelus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Augustulus. No, well, got that wrong. Constantine 11. It's uh, season one, snapping back into the brain there. Well, it's a Constantine today, in fact, on our journey of Constantines. Mm. There's 11 of them, or 12 of them, and... Uh, He's the fifth. The sixth one we're doing, yeah. Well... Constantine 3, remember? We've 3B! Done, yeah, we've done two Constantine 3s. Of course. So yeah, our sixth Constantine, Constantine 5. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the second of the Isaurian dynasty. Yes. Yeah. I thought as much. Quick recap. The son of Theodosius. No, son of th- thun, the son of Leo the Third. <laughs> yes, Conan the Shepherd Boy, Leo the Third. That's the one. Yeah. Of course, it was only a few days ago we recorded Artabastos. So <laughs> your, uh, I've forgotten his name. Yeah. Your memory's probably relatively clear, yeah? Um, Good. Because after all, Leo defeated the caliphate, then tore the Roman world apart by announcing that images are no longer a thing. Oh, and that guy, what was his name? Anastasius. Anastasius. He loved his icons, didn't he? He did, the patriarch. Yeah, don't worry, he comes back into the story. Brilliant. So anyway, today is Leo's son, Constantine. So let's let's start, shall we? He was born in Constantinople in 1717. No, no, he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) He was born in Constantinople in 717. His father had just become the emperor. Hmm. It was likely he was born... Whilst the city was being sieged by the caliphate. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. A, oh. a nice, non-stressful birth for the mother there. Imagine uh, Leo just really desperate trying to tell his own son, they're here to see you. Wish you happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Screams of blood in the background. Yeah. Now, you're not going to be surprised to learn. We're still very thin with sources here, so we're, we're not going to be able to do much in his background. Although more than we have been able to recently, since he was born to the purple, as they say. He was uh, well-educated, yeah. fluent in like Greek, Latin, that kind of stuff. Um, news teacher quite well got on with him. He then was then joined the army, but sort of became quite a, a head role in it. General or captain straight away in his 20s. Went on a few campaigns. Father died, became emperor. That's about it, really. We'll see. That's, that's not too bad. All right, okay. I doubt he would have been fluent in Latin. He would have known some. Probably taught it, though. This is a classical language, they would have said back then. Even the law has started to turn to Greek recently, so... But, yeah, no, I don't know. I'd have to look into that. But right. uh, the rest, uh, you're not too far off. Yeah. Let's see. Well... You missed out an important step of his life right near the start when he was only a couple of years old. There was a, a vision. No. Oh. <laughs> he was taken to the Hagia Sophia to be baptised and crowned co-emperor. <laughs> the way you said that, like, baptism is like a painful thing. <laughs> and he was taken a baptised. <laughs> <laughs> well... It may have not been physically painful, but it was a painful service, apparently. This baptism, I have mentioned it before. I'll tell you. Yeah. Because the day started with Leo's wife, Maria, being crowned empress. So it's a day of celebrations. It was apparently a small affair. Only close friends and family turned up to that ceremony, indicating that perhaps she wasn't the most popular of empresses. But who knows? Nothing else is really said. 
Then Maria and Leo went to the Hagia Sophia, and little baby Constantine was indeed baptised and crowned. Oh, in a small ceremony with only 30,000 people watching. Bigger ceremony, of course. Yes. They're, they're in the Hagia Sophia now. Yeah. Lots of people brushing off the dust off their shoulders, <laughs> <laughs> looking up occasionally. Come on, Maybe. come on. <laughs> one more ceremony. It's only a matter of time. Anyway, I'll, uh, I'll quote Theophanes here, shall I? Of what happened during the service. The dome stays intact, you'll be proud. However, I quote, Constantine the boy, because he was so young, gave a terrible, foul-smelling harbinger. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically toileted himself. He defecated <laughs> in the holy font. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. That's going to line up with any baptism. <laughs> it could be worse. The little boy could have said, that's what I think of you, <laughs> and you're a legend. <laughs> <laughs> now, the patriarch apparently was heard to say later on in life, this was a sign that in future great evil shall befall the Christians and the church because of him <laughs> and his poo. <laughs> Yeah, Theophanes, not a fan, to say the least. So this might be a bit biased, but we're guessing the story is truthful. It's a uh, toddler, it's a baby. It doesn't, a toddler. Yeah, it's not necessarily an omen, though. <laughs> no, it's an infant. All infants would do that, even in a bath long enough. Yeah. Or a christening font. Well, because of this story, he develops the name Copronymos. Oh, you told me this. Dung named, or feci named, or, as we've decided to call him... Poo face. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know there's been some splashback in the font? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Croptonimus might have worked really well if you're a fluent Greek speaker. At the time, it probably rolled off the tongue. But uh, Poo face seems better. It is now, yeah. Uh, nowadays, speaking in a different language. So we're going to mm. go for that. Woo. Not quite a literal translation, but I think in essence it keeps the... Uh, y- you get the, the, the gist. Uh, yeah, exactly. It sums him up. Yeah. Anyway, he is now co-emperor. Excellent. Little baby poop face. And we hear very little of Constantine for a while. He would have been brought up in the palace, and this is where your guess comes true. Well-educated, fully convinced that his father's no-images philosophy was definitely the correct one. We next hear of him in 732, aged around 15. His father had made a marriage pact with the Khazars. Constantine, All of them. All of them, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it took a long time to <laughs> circulate that letter. Everyone signed it, though. All official. Constantine was to marry the daughter of the Kagan of the Khazars. A woman named, and um, there have been times, many times in the past, where I've butchered pronunciations. Yeah. Uh, I think this will be the worst. She was called Tzikzak. 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 T-Z-I-Z-A-K. Yeah, Tzikzak. Maybe like a, you have a soft C, like a C. Czak. 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 So you just softer T with the Z. Czak. Just a sound. Just a, yeah, a slight Czak. Czak. It's like that scene where Niles and Fraser are having a conversation about how to pronounce it name. And they go, Tic-tac. Yeah. Well, um, just think of Tic Tac, but Tic I'm not. I'm not tic-tac. going to do that. I'm going to do what the Romans did at the time. Oh yeah. Which was forced her to change her name Excellent. to Irene, <laughs> so I can now say it. <laughs> well, it's such a natural progression. <laughs> yes, it is. Come on, Irene. So yes, um, Zizek. I can't say. Zizek changed her name to Irene and converted oh. to Christianity. 
And for those reading ahead, no, this is not the more famous Irene, but she is coming up soon. Irene was just a popular name at the time. More famous Irene. Oh, there's, yeah, there's there's definitely a more famous Irene coming up rather shortly. Okay. Anyway, Irene Constantine married. Then about ten years later, Leo III dies. Oh. And Constantine V becomes emperor with Irene at his side. And then the last episode happened. Artabastos, Constantine V's brother-in-law, revolted as we saw. Constantine rode out to fight him. He did very poorly to begin with, but within a year he was sieging the capital. While outside the walls, it became very clear to Constantine that Artabastos was not going to be able to hold this city for very long. It wasn't prepared for a siege. And before long, people started fleeing the city. The young, the elderly, and the women were ordered out, remember? Oh, yeah. By Artabastos. You go and fend for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but, as, as we saw, um, many men of fighting age were sneaking themselves out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and once outside the walls, they were all joining Constantine. Yeah, you would, wouldn't And you? this was including many from the leading political class, who were making sure that they were on the right side. Yes. As we said, sir, we've always followed you. Yes. We're really playing the game, so we had the opportunity to come out here and support you, sire. What's happened? Icons? No, hate them, hate them. What's an icon? <laughs> I know what that is, sire. What's this round my neck? Oh, it's um, it's a picture of my cousin, sir. <laughs> looks a bit like Jesus. <laughs> yes. Let so his hair grow. <laughs> and he's nailed to a cross. <laughs> Then, as we saw, Constantine was able to take the city. We don't know how. We just don't know. It was definitely Simon, though, wasn't now, it? Oh, it was definitely Simon. Idiot. Yeah. Now, because he retook the city, and because we did an episode on Artabastos, yeah. we are deciding, then, that Constantine V is the second emperor to be emperor, lose emperorship, and regain it again. No, because he'd No, be... you can't say no. That's what happened. He'd be History. A... He'd be about the fourth or so. This has happened a few times. Oh, no. Oh, that seems pretty clever. He didn't Fine. lose being the emperor. There were just two conflicting emperors at the same time. Fine. When Justinian II was not emperor, yeah. he was really not emperor. Fair, well, he wasn't enough. claiming to be emperor. Yeah, he didn't have a nose, did he? Yeah, exactly. He's trying to get it back. Yeah, that, was, that was ten years of living in a monastery with no nose, moaning about the glory days. I'm talking about me. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. But st- I, I appreciate the okay. the effort that you went into there. Just think, though, positive side, you get your nose cut off, no block nose when you got a cold. There's nothing to block, apart from little ho- holes. You could just scoop it out, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Block nose, no problem. Pass the teaspoon. <laughs> and you could choose your nose for the day, go for different noses. Yeah, the gold one, silver one, obsidian one. I've told lots of porcupines today one. Kind of a joke knows that. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. occasions. Bright red one for when you, you're oh, drunk. In fact, you could, like, he could have been sitting there saying things like, it's fine, I will let you go free for your crimes. But then he pulls out his big long nose and puts it on <laughs> and then you realise, oh. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway, we are just talking about Justinian II now. So back to Constantine. Yes, he took the city and he caught up with Artabastos and his sons. He dragged them into the Hippodrome. He blinded them, didn't he? And he blinded them. And again, I I went to write in my notes, plucked their eyes out, and then realised, I'm just assuming here. Maybe it was the vinegar trick again. We just don't know. We're not sure. Just anything, really. Anything. There's many ways to blind a man, as I'm sure the Romans knew. (laughs) (laughs) Old textbooks on it. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, weigh (laughs) 14,604. A badger. (laughs) 
Well, Constantine, as we have seen, had a rocky start to his reign. Yeah. Full-blown civil war for a year. But he's now back in the capital, and he's ready to rule. So he looks around, and he was furious. Icons. All over the shop. Uh. Couldn't move for them. Statues. You know those statues of Jesus wearing sunglasses? Old in the finger pose. Yeah. Buddy Jesus style. Yes. Constantinople was full of Buddy Jesuses. Oh, no. He was not happy at all. Just imagining a big statue. (laughs) Gold. Yeah, if Artabastos' revolt had achieved anything, it was to convince Constantine that all these iconophiles, as you called them last week, uh, were the devil's work. Constantine would double down on his father's policies. So in the short term, what he needed to do was cleanse the city of Artabastos' supporters. Theophanes states he blinded countless men, cut off the hands and the feet of others. Oh, He went on a bit of a choppy spree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then he turned to the patriarch. Had to knock his bedroom door first. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Go away with my icons. Who is it? It's Constantine. Oh, but I thought you... Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The man who had pushed for iconoclasm under his father's rule, but oh, so quickly abandoned it all under Artabastos. What to do with him? Well, there are two options. <laughs> Blind him, or cut off his hands and feet. Or let him go, ah, well, if I did that, it'd be a bit too much. There's already been 12,642. One more to make it, we'll just push it over the edge, I feel. Maybe. No- notice uh, everyone's noses are staying intact at the moment. It seems to have fallen from fashion, the whole nose thing. Oh, but Constantine's a bit of a fashion breaker, isn't he? Uh, well, not in this case, actually. Oh. Uh, Anastasius, the patriarch, was... Quickly captured. He was in his room. He was easy to find. He's trying to, he's trying to block the door with icons. <laughs> and after Artabastos and his sons were blinded, so the same ceremony, the gates of the Hippodrome opened. So everyone's in the Hippodrome to watch the races. The gate at the far end opens. This is the gate that the horses usually come out of with their carriages right. to get ready to start. Oh, this is going to be nice, is it? So just imagine big gate... Everyone's expecting horses, carriages, their favourite greens and blues. Yeah. Athletes coming out. Yeah. But no. Instead, what you see is a small donkey and a man tied up on the donkey facing backwards. Just trotting out (laughs) on its own. So so the loud loud round of applause just started, then just gradually died off. Yeah. Petered out a few awkward claps left. Someone just shouts, What idiot! And everyone starts laughing. Hey, he's facing the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. That's not a horse, that's a donkey. And Asasia's just like, I know it's a damn donkey. <laughs> Humiliation, yeah. Maybe Anastasia's thinking, at least I've not been blinded. <laughs> yeah. I still got my limbs intact. Well, the donkey then reaches the royal box. He is then thrown to the floor by guards and beaten with sticks. Mm. Yeah. He was then dragged up to his feet and then placed in a seat. Good. Yeah. I don't know whether this is a metaphor or literal because Theophany says he was restored to his seat. (laughs) And he was indeed given his job back. Really? Yeah, he was given his job as patriarch back. Wow. Yeah, that was a decision that Constantine made. 
But I'd like to think it's literal. There was probably a seat for the Patriarch in the Hippodrome. Mm. I'd like to think he was dragged up to his seat, yeah. plonked in it. He's really he's been beaten for the last five minutes with sticks, so he's in a story, sorry state. But just that symbolism, there is a bloody beaten Patriarch in the seat. Constantine's victorious, taken the city back nice. in his seat. Everyone's looking at that, going, "Well, who's who's the real power here? The church or the state?" The Anastasia is thinking, "Oh, thank goodness, I have my icon on me. It protected me." <laughs> so yeah, Constantine comes out of all this with a thoroughly discredited patriarch to weaken the church, just what he needs. And now, finally, he's ready to rule properly. The icons went away very, very quickly. <laughs> Just as quickly as they were found just a year before. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of sheets being hurriedly thrown up. <laughs> People standing in front of things. Mustache has been put back on the big gold. Yes. 60 foot statue of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. No, no, definitely Jesus, the soup maker. Yes. Yes. Look, he has a hat. And once that was done, Constantine has a look around. I mean, they've been fighting a civil war for a year. What, what else has been going on, on in the world? Where, for example, were the caliphate? Were they going to take advantage of us in our weakened state? No? Oh, they're, they're fighting their own civil war, are they? Wonderful. <laughs> Just how I like it. In fact, Constantine noticed that the caliphate was very occupied with this civil war. It seemed like a biggie. Perhaps it's time to uh, go and apply some pressure ourselves. Hmm. So, he invades Syria. Oh. And managed to take quite a lot of land and cities. Now, he doesn't take them permanently, but he is able to take a lot of people who live there out of the caliphate and repopulate his own empire with them. Mm. Uh, the whole world is suffering from depopulation due to, to war, famine and plague in this time period. So getting more people in your empire is a good idea. Mm. So he just he grabs some people. I do. <laughs> Which uh, just sounds so so neat, doesn't it? Yeah, take these people, rub them up and down next to each other a few times, and we'll have children. <laughs> yes. Wonderful! Go and place them on in this city. What could possibly go wrong? But yeah, we have a few details of this invasion, unfortunately, but he does seem to do quite quite well for himself. Although whatever harm he does do to the caliphate is nothing compared to what the caliphate is doing to itself in this time. Hmm. Yeah, the, the civil war over there is raging on. However, the Empire can't really take advantage of this because it's then that the plague hits. Oh, more plague. Oh, yeah, this is a big one, this is. It's one of the biggest waves we've seen in quite a while. Theophanes describes how Constantinople was mostly shut up. Not enough people to bury the dead. Wagons trawling the streets to pick up bodies until the wagons ran out. Bring out your dead. Oh, yeah, quite literally that image. Well, this is why the guy that invented the uh, non-disposable wagon, he became very rich <laughs> yes. at this time. Well, what they did, and this is why I say quite literally, yes, that image of bring out your dead, which is just a, a flatbed mm. behind a horse, mm. they found he describes that. He oh, describes wow. how planks of wood were put together and dragged by horses just to, for bodies to be thrown on. Yeah. Nice. It's not great. Uh, dry systems, pools were soon filled with the dead because no one could bury them. Any land, spare land within the city walls, were soon graveyards where pits had been dug. Oh, that'd be really awkward, though, like for roads and stuff. It wasn't great. It wasn't. Really bumpy speed bumps. Someone in your family will die from this. Mm. And not 
just someone. Hopefully not you. <laughs> a, g- a good few people in your immediate family were going to die of this. This was severe depopulation of the city. It was quite bad. Theophanes also reports that many saw men walking from house to house with swords in their hands, entering and killing all inside. You can decide if they're ill. Well, we don't know what this is. It's a throwaway line. I mean, either this is an organised attempt to get rid of the ill to stop it spreading. Mm. State-sponsored killing. Yeah. Euthanasia. (laughs) Yeah. Or, perhaps more likely, just a crime spree that's going on. Yeah, panic. Or, perhaps even more likely, just rumours from terrified people. Uh, We don't really know. What we do know is Theophanes blames Constantine for all of this. Obviously, his iconoclast laws had brought this upon the world. Damn sorry, but Anastasius was thinking the same thing as well. <laughs> yes. Anyway, all this death and misery lasts for about a year. And by the time it burns itself out, Constantinople was an utter mess. It was hugely depopulated, and Constantine feared the city would literally fall apart because there were not enough people in it. It would turn into a ghost city. So he sends out word... Those living in all the Greek cities that were still in the empire should head for the capital. A huge migration began, <laughs> which left an already depopulated Greece even more open to the Slavs in the region. <laughs> so we start seeing more weakening of the empire here, but just trying to keep the capital on its feet, basically. And slowly, but surely, the capital does start to recover, as did the empire. And the empire's court. Oh, good. Because just because Constantine hated images does not mean he was puritanical. Which I, I think you mentioned something about that last time. Being a bit of a Puritan. Yeah, that's perhaps. not the case. No. no. Okay. Images of Jesus, out. Any other images, go for it. Want to play some music? Yeah, why not? That's nice. Yeah, it was literally just the religious images that were banned. His courts were known for feasting, music and games. In fact, this gave his enemies plenty of ammunition against him. Rumours of parties soon turned into rumours of orgies. There they were. <laughs> the emperor apparently was not fussy as to who he got to know. Be Everyone. they men, women, young or old. He animal? Was, uh, uh, no, no mention of animal. But... Oh, I missed a trick there. If you want to slander somebody, that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> He's bringing in herds of sheep every night, Your Honour. I mean... To be fair, the few sources we have do mention that he had sex with demons, literal demons. So uh, perhaps wow. we can uh, discount some of these rumours. Fiery. <laughs> yeah. There's another one. Apparently he enjoyed using horse manure in his activities. See. Yeah. Perhaps Ooh. we should take this rumour with a pinch of salt. No, I don't think, with the name like Poo-Face. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. It's got that kind of scatological... It has, hasn't it? ...need now. A Are desire... We- this, these sources are also hostile to his father, uh, for the same reason, his iconoclast views. But no one mentions the orgies with his dad, so maybe there is something to the rumours. I think there is. Yeah. Okay. I think he was filthy. <laughs> what an emperor. Anyway, around this time, possibly linked to the orgies, uh, Constantine and Irene had a child. Oh, yes. No one knew this. Is there? <laughs> they called him Leo. Which is nice. Box him? Yeah, go on then. Aww. Irene probably died in this childbirth. Because Aww. we never hear of her again. Aww. 
Yeah. But maybe she just went on a holiday. We don't know. <laughs> Let's not assume. <laughs> Good, goodbye, Constantine. I'll just pop into the shops for some milk. I may be a while. <laughs> with a suitcase and legged it. Yeah. She'd had enough of all the uh, horse manure. Horse manure orgies. Yeah. Yeah. And the demons. <laughs> yeah, those Every single demons. night. Yeah. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> I'm feeling horny. <laughs> I have something for you. <laughs> it burns. I just had to change all the doors from wood to get the center light. Yeah. <laughs> metal doors. Anyway, <laughs> so all that's going on in the court. <laughs> Is it? Wow. Yes, perhaps. Also, slowly but surely, Constantine was building his hold onto the church. So he's trying to control it now and manipulate it. Instill the iconoclast views. Yeah. yeah. In a very resistant church. <laughs> in 753, the patriarch Anastasius became very ill. Oh, no. Not a pleasant illness. No. Well, m- not many are, I'll be honest. No. Go on, do you want to guess how he died? Did something drop off? <laughs> no. Or erupt? <laughs> yeah. Oh, go on. <laughs> he suffered from... Intestinal obstruction. Oh, blockage. And he spent the evening vomiting up his own poo. Oh, yeah, that can happen. That was an episode of House. <laughs> oh, yeah, he died shortly afterwards, possibly of embarrassment. <laughs> um, oh, I bet Constantine loved it though. <laughs> yes, he did. Poetic justice. <laughs> It is the third mention of feces in this episode. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? It is odd. Spooky. No smoke, no fire, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Constantine decided it was time to get the church behind him. I've I've been emperor for a while. I think now I'm strong enough to push this iconoclast vision I've got. And what better way than having an ecumenical council? Hooray! Universal council of the church. Everyone will turn up and we'll hash it out and they will all agree that images are bad. However, there was a slight problem. He was so despised by many of the leaders of the church that the patriarchs of Alexandria, Antioch and Jerusalem just refused to attend. Oh, burn. And the Pope in Rome also was definitely not interested. Oh, dear. So you've got the patriarchs of the leading Christian cities, apart from Constantinople, and the actual Pope, all saying, nah. See, then they just send a letter saying, you will come, full stop. <laughs> Splattered blood on the on the letter. Sweet. Well, Constantine doesn't go for that. Oh, doesn't he? Instead, he does the, fine, if you're not coming, I didn't want you to come. <laughs> didn't invite you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and he calls the council anyway. There was no patriarch of... Um, Constantinople, because he hadn't replaced Anastasius by this point. <laughs> Still clear up the mess. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a, a bishop named Theodosius, who was the, interestingly, the son of the old emperor Anastasius II. Oh. Yeah. Um, so he ran it, apparently. There you go. You had a ecumenical council, but not very universal. The results of a council, quite predictable. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be shocked to learn. Turns out, icons bad. Are they? Oh, wow. Yeah, apparently so. If anyone still wants to be putting up their images, they will be excommunicated. Hmm. And if you don't get in line, you will face exile or even execution. Things were about to get real. Hardcore. Yes. Theophanes lists six men in particular that he targeted. Um, I won't list all six. I'll just list a couple. We have Peter Calabiti. Calabite? Calabite? He was a monk, and he had openly compared Constantine to Valens and Julian. Oh, not Julian. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> what an insult. 
what a terrible emperor he was. Yeah, I mean, Valens, I I had to go back and double check this, so I will not judge you if you've forgotten. But Valens, what's the name? Well, we did an episode on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he was um, pro-Aryan. Oh, and therefore, he will not have been liked by no. the current occupants of Constantinople. Julian, obviously idiot. a pagan. And an idiot. And also just thought that prancing around the desert with, with no provisions was a good attack strategy. And any provision that might be available, burn them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he did write a pamphlet about his beard, though. Oh, good. Isn't that good for him? <laughs> yes. Lovely. One point for him. Well done, Julian. I do love how hostile to Julian you are. It Everyone is... loved him so much. I don't understand why. He's like, okay, right, you did some... Well, no, he didn't. Well, this is literally the only reason why I'm mentioning uh, Peter Calabite. It's because he mentioned Julian and I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank he you. was uh, flogged publicly and executed. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm guessing you would have done the same to him if he compared you to Julian. I would have done worse. Yes. <laughs> okay. Spoons would have been involved. That's oh. for damn sure. Uh, another opposing monk named Stephen, or Stephanius, was accused of seducing his goddaughter. Um, this didn't work. It was a trumped-up charge. Yeah. Uh, so another charge was created. He had illegally enticed young men to become monks. Monster. <laughs> a, a charge that starts scandalous and then ends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, to think about it. Oh, what? Oh, no, no. Surely that's his job. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, some laws had been put in recently. The empire very depopulated at the moment. Lots of people kept dropping down dead. <laughs> Stop monking everyone. Yeah, basically. It's, Constantine was getting fed up with everyone saying, I'm off to be celibate. No! <laughs> we need more people in the empire. Go and do it. Everyone start doing it, please. Yeah, We're, we're going to run out of people. People need to, need to be monking or monking. Yes. <laughs> King. <laughs> Interesting word. <laughs> like Mr. Pin. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the Terry Pratchett book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> furious. Anyway, Stephen was exiled for two years. Uh, but then, as Constantine realised that he was drawing iconophile support towards him, Stephen was stoned to death. <laughs> Here's a spliff. You're going to keep smoking until you're dead. Can I smoke it until I've just chilled out? No. I'm going to keep going. Not to the other side. <laughs> now, by this time, Constantine had found a patriarch who was on the same page as him. Hmm? A man named Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Did he make himself? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. He just walked around with a mirror on a pole. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Patriarch? He'd say to the mirror in front of everyone. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> icons are terrible. I agree. <laughs> well, uh, historians have wisely decided to call this Constantine Constantinos, which wouldn't have been his actual name mm. at the time, just so we don't get confused. So I'm going to call him Constantinos. And... Uh, yeah, Constantinos was definitely willing to uh, change a couple of things in the church. Good. Yeah. He announced that the various bans on eating meat was lifted, especially in those parties the emperor's having. Mm. Just get the impression that Constantine just really fancied, like, pork and stuffing sandwich one day. Now he's allowed. Yeah, yeah. why not? That's good. Why not? Oh, and music, really good. Everyone should start playing music more. 
especially at those parties the Emperor's having. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Not songs about Jesus, though. That's fine. I think you could sing about Jesus. Just don't draw a picture of him whilst you're doing it. Like if releasing an album, the artwork can't yeah, exactly. on to reference it. Yeah. Okay. But like the, the Beatles' White Album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just keep it keep it subtle. So Jesus in gloss embossed on a matte white background. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Minimalist. That's mm. what you went for. Or just J, JC. <laughs> yes. So things were going along uh, like this. Many people unhappy with the way the church was being handled. Mm. But generally things were going okay. But then news came through. Mm. The Bulgars had revolted. They had revolted against their king. And in his place, they raised a leader of a Warhawk Bulgar faction. The tensions between the Slavs and the Bulgars had been leading to trouble. So suddenly thousands of Slavs were asking the Romans for help. The Slavs and the Bulgars had been allies for a while. But this new faction in charge of the Bulgars, Mm. they didn't look friendly to the Slavs. So who did they turn to? The Romans. Also, at the start of Constantine's rule, I mentioned he relocated a lot of people. Mm. He'd taken them from Syria and he put them into Thrace. And these people started building forts against possible Bulgar raids. However, this went against an agreement that Theodosius III had had with the Bulgars, which Constantine probably ignored because it was Theodosius III. I mean, (laughs) does it really matter what he said? No. (laughs) Yeah, so the Bulgars aren't happy with the Romans. Constantine sees this as his chance to win some glory for himself. So he raises his troops and he sets off. In fact, this will be the first chance of military victory since the start of his rule against Artabastos and oh, the really? Caliphate. Yeah, nothing else had been going on for a while. Now, we're going to have a, a quick detour here. Uh, we're going to check what's going on with the Caliphate because some important stuff's going on over there. Constantine probably felt that it wasn't sensible to prod the caliphate at this precise moment in time. The civil war had ended, and the Umayyad dynasty that had ruled from Damascus since Muawiyah. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from a while ago? Yeah. um, Well, his dynasty had lost. So the Umayyad dynasty collapsed. The new caliphate is in the hands of the Abbasid dynasty. Now, the Umayyad dynasty by 750 had taken all of North Africa, recently pushed into modern Spain in the west. They had almost taken Gaul, and they'd, on the other side of their empire, pushed into India and the border of China. That's, wow, the other half of the Mediterranean. Yeah, by 750, the Umayyad dynasty, so the caliphate we've been talking about, it was big. Wow. Way bigger than the Roman Empire. Gosh. Yeah. But the civil war had done damage, and we start to see the caliphate start start to split apart. Mm. Uh, This is a huge simplification. It is far more detailed and intricate than this. But for time, I'm just going to put it this way. The surviving Umayyad dynasty member ended up in Spain and set himself up as an emir. So Spain and a little bit of North Africa still belongs to the Umayyad dynasty. Right. However... Pretty much everything else goes to the Abbasids. The Abbasids were not the Umayyads. And during the Civil War, they had relied a lot on Persian support. Now, a huge chunk of the Umayyad empire was the old Persian empire. Mm. And those aristocracies hadn't just disappeared in the last couple of hundred years. They, They are still there. They have mainly converted to Islam, but the social structures are still there. And this is what put their support behind the Abbasid dynasty. Hmm. So when they win, their power base was where the old Persian Empire was. Ah. So the new caliph, 
a man named Al-Mansur decided to move the capital. Let's move out of Syria and Damascus. Let's build a brand new city. A new city that will highlight the glory of the caliphate. Let's build it right next to the old Persian capital, Tessaphon. And it would be perfectly round. And it would have a mosque in the middle. It would be very impressive. Lovely round city. Mm. Nice round walls, four gates, mosque in the middle. Sounded excellent. Mm. Everyone was very excited with the plans. And they would call it Baghdad. And there we go. So where is modern Baghdad now? <laughs> so, where would you find that if you're interested in visiting for a historical tour? Uh, if, if you just go and find Tessaphon. Okay. It's, it's near Tessaphon. All right. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's interesting. Now, obviously, Baghdad would grow rapidly. It will soon become one of the most important cities in the world, leading mm. the way to the Islamic Golden Age. But for now... Uh, the move simply meant that the new caliphate was further away from the Romans. That's a good thing. Yeah, it gives the Romans some breathing space. Al-Mansur was busy fighting on the east of his empire. So, why rock the boat? Why remind them that we're here? <laughs> Shh, everyone quiet. Everyone. They seem to be going away. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. Yeah, so... I've gone slightly into the future there, uh, but that is roughly what's going on with the caliphate. We're seeing this huge shift from one caliphate to the next. I guess, in a way, that will inspire the current Roman Empire to develop more and spread out a bit more, maybe? I don't know. If it was nice and unified and wasn't having a religious split at the moment, then perhaps. Yeah, I, I mean, like, in 50 years or something, you know, you start well, to go, oh, hang on, let's, let's spread we out. We will see, yes, we will. Anyway, oh, back good. to Constantine. So he, he's probably thinking about all of this that's going on. Hmm. And that's when the news of the Bulgars comes through. Well, let's go and fight the Bulgars. Hmm. I don't want to go and fight the Caliphate. They're not coming over to us anytime soon, but this is a good chance of some military glory. It was the height of summer when the two sides met, and the battle lasted the entire day, apparently. It's a long, hot summer battle. Constantine was utterly victorious. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> the new Bulgar king was deposed by the faction behind the old king's brother, who then came along and asked Constantine for peace. Nice. Constantine returned to the capital and celebrated in the Hippodrome. Lots of games and races. Ooh, lots of horsemen, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Chariot race going on, everyone's cheering, someone turns and asks Constantine something. Constantine, Constantine, sire, he's just not hes not paying attention, and then it cuts close to his eyes, he's just staring at something, and then it just cuts to a horse off to one side resting, <laughs> just doing a little poo. Tail's just flicked up. Yeah, Ooh. cuts back to Constantine, a little bit of sweat dribbling down oh, cross, his temple there. Crosses his legs, in anticipation <laughs> of the evening's events about to occur. Like, Constantine, oh what, oh sorry, I was just uh, watching the races. <laughs> <laughs> but still, a great victory. Everyone's celebrating. Those who oppose Constantine grumbling. As for the new Bulgar king, so the brother to the one that was deposed, he was immediately deposed for giving in to the Romans too quickly. Of course he was. So another Bulgar king took over. Um, everything's a bit of a mess for the Bulgars. <laughs> that, that place will never last. <laughs> and then winter hit, and it was extreme. The Black Sea apparently froze over completely. Wow. Yeah. Reports of wild men roaming the frozen wasteland came to the capital. Citizens were forced to hunker down just try and get through. Snow covered everything. Eventually, spring came, and with it, a great thawing of the sea. Yay. The Theophanes, who is alive at this point, uh, we're catching up to when he was alive, uh, describes how giant icebergs had broken off and started to drift through the Bosphorus 
going past the capital. Wow. Yeah. He recalls how him and some of his friends went out to play on one of the smaller icebergs. <laughs> I quote him here. We ourselves were eyewitness to this. We went out and we played on it, the iceberg. <laughs> the icebergs had many dead animals. <laughs> which it's is bedded half inside. <laughs> yeah. One really large iceberg collided with the seawalls of the city at one point. Again, I'll quote. <laughs> the city sank. One mammoth iceberg smashed against the city wall and shook it, so the houses inside the wall trembled along with it. It broke into three pieces and was taller than the walls themselves. All the city's men, women and children could not stop staring at these icebergs. Then they went home lamenting and in tears at a loss of what to say at such a phenomenon. That's just a bit dramatic. It's a bit... <gasps> I don't know what to say! It's so beautiful! Well, maybe they were all, like, on the city walls, leaning over with their hands on top of the walls, so their mm. fingers were over the top, and when yeah. the iceberg hit, oh. it caught their fingers. And that's why they were in tears. That is going to be painful. Yeah, it's yeah. painful when you trap your finger in an iceberg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so... Ooh. Cold. Cold and icy yeah, for a bit. a bit chilly. Once things warmed up, Constantine went on another attack of the Bulgars. Why not? The last one went well. He got to have a party afterwards. Yeah. This one didn't go well, though. The ships he sent up the Bosphorus hit a storm and were largely wiped out. <laughs> the attack failed before it began. This time, his re-entry into the city, less upbeat. Fewer games. Yeah. Perhaps the cold and the military defeat had led to dark thoughts in the city, because shortly after this, a coup attempt was hatched. Oh, no. The governor of Thrace... The leader of the Imperial Guard, the Excubitors, yes, they were still around. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Count of the Upsicians, yes, they're still around, yeah. decided to rebel. Unfortunately, we don't really know any details, apart from the fact this failed. Yeah. Yes. Fair the leaders of the coup were beheaded. Anyone suspected of being in league with them were blinded. Nice. Shortly after this, Constantine starts to distrust his patriarch, Constantinos. Possibly thinking he was involved in the coup, but that is pure speculation. <laughs> Looking in the mirror, I don't trust you. <laughs> yes, I've been going to him in the mirror, wasn't it? <laughs> well, Constantinos was exiled for a couple of years. <laughs> Just sent the mirror away. <laughs> Do you think the mirror looks something like that? It's like a mirror on a big stick with just like a big black moustache. <laughs> Painting it like that. It is a shame we are an audio podcast, so our listeners can't see what you've just drawn. But yes, it is a stick with a mirror with a painted-on moustache. Yeah. I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but you trust me on many other issues. Well, Constantinos, as I say, exiled for a couple of years. Yeah. So he put the mirror in a cupboard. <laughs> and he put a eunuch named Nikitas in his place, perhaps thinking he would be able to control him even better. However, it was not long before the ex-patriarch was brought back. <laughs> we have no record of what Constantinos did to displease Constantine so much, but it must have been something big, at least in the mind of the emperor. Mm. Because this is where you're going to have to get rid of the image of the mirror, I'm afraid, for this next bit oh, of work. Um, <laughs> unless it's a really painful like self-flagellation sort of event. Well... Constantinos was taken from the island where he was exiled, dragged through the city to the palace. He was then beaten so long that he was unable to walk afterwards. He was then placed in a litter and taken to the Hagia Sophia. There, an imperial secretary read out a list of crimes. We don't have the list, unfortunately, so we don't know what they were. 
After each crime was read, Konstantinos was struck in the face. Ooh. Whilst Nikitos, the new patriarch, looked on in judgment. Eventually, the list of crimes was read. I, I'd like to think this was with a glove. Sort of slapped around the face. <laughs> you called the emperor a buffoon. Slap. <laughs> yeah. After the list of crimes was read, he was literally kicked and punched out of the church. So they just beat him towards the doors until he fell out. Wow. Then he was dragged off to a cell. I still got a mirror in my head. This could all be done to a mirror. Okay. <laughs> Mirrors can't walk. That's you can punch point. a mirror in the face. The next day, the crowd watched as this broken man slash mirror was <laughs> rode around backwards on a donkey around the Hippodrome. It yeah, worked before. Yeah, Let's do it again. Yeah. Uh, unless this is for your family. He's getting confused, of course. Or at this point, Konstantinos was thinking, oh, thank goodness. You know, I know I'm the last person was backwards on a donkey. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's slightly different. After, after being ridden around on the donkey backwards and being taunted, he was then sat directly in front of the blues and the greens. Oh. Who took it in turns taunting him. <laughs> <laughs> and you just know that's turning into a competition. Yeah. The most cutting insult. Yeah, it starts off as just a bit silly. You have yeah. a big nose. Then it gets a bit gruesome and vile. Then it gets into wit. It gets personal. Out wit. Like really yeah. cutting his self-esteem. Re- really subtle digs. Yeah, the, one, the ones where you have to really think. Ones that Konstantinos won't even notice until several days later he'll just remember it and go, oh. Yeah, and they'll work on him for the rest of his life. Like Psychologically, they'll just bury themselves in their brain, yeah. in his brain. The rest of his life, as you've possibly guessed, is not long. I <laughs> Although, longer than you perhaps think, because he was then thrown in a cell for a oh. good couple of weeks before being dragged out and beheaded, his body was dragged through the streets. Nice. So he obviously did something to annoy Constantine. <laughs> After this, uh, a drought hit the city. <laughs> which <laughs> was a shame. Constantine ordered the repairing of the Valentinian aqueduct, built by Valens. As second time his name's been mentioned, bizarrely, mm. in one episode there. Also, uh, who invaders in this episode? Yes. Rebuilt by Justinian II. Sorry, Justin II, the Mad Emperor. Oh, did it like have duck quacks when the water went past? Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was now not working once more. That's what happens when you have your aqueducts built by a madman. Constantine hired men from all over the empire to rebuild the aqueduct, and soon enough, the city had water once more. Hooray! It's yeah. nice. In fact, even Theophanes reluctantly agrees that Constantine was able to do much to improve the city. But then he bitterly complains that it's because he's stealing all the gold from the church to do it. <laughs> yeah, which may have been true. But then if you're an average citizen in Constantinople, you'd probably be happy for the church to lose a bit of their gold if you can actually get some water. Yeah, but that's a drink. Yes. Theophanes also complains that around this time, Constantine sent men out to drag the famous Stylite Peter down from his pillar. Is... Yes, that's <gasps> right. <gasps> We still have stylites around. Brilliant. They have not been mentioned for ages. This is the first time they've been mentioned since. Wow! But yeah, we have a stylite named Peter. I'm guessing just outside the city, up <clears> a <throat> pillar, and he was dragged down, and he refused to back Constantine's views and iconoclasm. So they dragged him through the streets, and they threw him in an open grave, beaten but Aww. slightly alive, and then he slowly <laughs> died. Oh, yeah. Those stylites are crazy. Aren't <laughs> crazy <they>? stylites. <laughs> then Constantine placed a tax on the stylites. <laughs> on what? <laughs> pillar tax. <laughs> 
The, um, so he needs to pay taxes. Why? Because you're on a poll. We're Shut calling up. it the poll tax. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my little joke. <laughs> Sod off. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Constantine obviously just not happy with the starlights at this point. <laughs> you're ridiculous. <laughs> Shortly after this, a group of Bulgar envoys arrived at the capital to talk peace. Things have been tense between the Romans and the Bulgars. It's time to sort things out. However... One member of the group was actually one of Constantine's spies who had been living in Bulgaria for quite a while now. <gasps> yeah. Oh, it's like a Lieutenant Tuvok when he infiltrated the Marquis. Exactly. Star Trek? Yeah. Deep Space Nine? Nope. Uh, generation? Nope. You're not like an idiot. I... The original series. No. no um, the the new on, Name one. another one. <laughs> name another series. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I can do this. Right, the original... Uh, the Next Generation uh, Enterprise No What is that not a series? No it is a series But oh, not the right yeah, one I did that I should... yeah, you did. Okay, you okay. Well, Deep right. Space Nine uh, I've named four How many of them are there? Uh, four, five, six Seven technically We'll say with six Two. Voyager Yes Is that it? Yes I'm going to edit All of the rest out <laughs> I'm going to look Really cool uh... Can't believe it's What your 12 goes Rob <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yes, no, he's got a spy, hasn't he? Yeah. The spy reported that the Bulgars were planning to attack, and this uh, envoy uh, talk of peace was just a ruse to get Constantine off his guard. So Constantine ordered the raising of his troops, but fully aware that the Bulgar envoys were still in the city, would immediately report this back to their superiors. Constantine had a plan. He rose his troops, but he rose them on the east side of the Bosphorus stating to everyone that he was getting ready to attack the caliphate. It's a, a trick. Oh, yes. If you just want to attack the caliphate, that'd be a silly thing to do. The plan worked perfectly. The Bulgars were not expecting it when the army suddenly stood up... And turned around. ...and marched directly towards the Bulgars. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, they won a huge victory. They took many treasures and prisoners, apparently. Not really any more details than that. But we do know more celebration in the Hippodrome. Hooray! <laughs> Fetch the horses. <laughs> Soon after this, though, the Bulgar king wrote to him, stating that the Bulgars were about to revolt again, and the king wanted to defect. <laughs> wanted to come to Constantinople himself. I have many secrets I can tell you. Constantine sent him word of who to talk to, one of his spies in the Bulgar kingdom, that the king could get in contact with, and uh, ease the transition, organise his way out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, if only you were in charge at this point and not Constantine. Because Constantine was furious to find out that this was indeed a trick. The Bulgar king had pretended to want to defect in an attempt to root out the spy network that had recently done him so much damage. Yeah. According to Theophanes, Constantine heard this, and I quote, tore out many of his grey hairs. <laughs> nice. So, Constantine was not going to let this go. Soon enough, another attack was planned. He raised his army once more. However, on the way to face the Bulgars, his legs began to swell. Ah, <gasps> dropsy. Yeah, he was in severe pain and reluctantly ordered that he be returned to the capital. He boarded a boat and set off. Journey of a couple of days maximum. He never made it home. Oh, no. There you go, he dies. And that is Constantine Pooface. A bit of a pooey rain. Ah, actually, not too bad. Not too bad. No. Actually, I'm being a bit harsh with him. Considering how few sources we've got and how hostile the sources are to him. Surprisingly nice. Like, it's good that they... Like, the fact that they highlight, actually, this was quite good, shows that it must have been really good then. Well, 
Let's judge him, shall we? Yeah. Fightius Maximus. So, Fightius Maximus. He won the civil war against Artabastos right at the start of his reign. Mm. And that was him, and he definitely won. He can claim all credit. He sieged Constantinople, and he got in. Well, he lost. He lost the first battle of the war, then won. won the war. So, yes, he did lose the capital city during it. And had he not have lost the capital city, Artabastos would never be considered an emperor in any circumstances. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not great. But he won the civil war, so I think yeah. that cancels that out. Yeah. He invaded the caliphate. So he invaded Syria. We've not seen that very often. Yeah, uh, and he won battles and that war. Uh, again, a few details, unfortunately. But there were definitely victories. Although the caliphate were very distracted with their civil war at this time. So perhaps that's why. He won two wars with the Bulgars. Mm which is nice. And he went out personally leading the troops himself whilst doing it. Which a lot of emperors don't do at this point. Well, we're seeing, we've seen it more and more since Heraclius. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, yeah, it's still, he's not sat at home on his on his bomb. Yeah. Yeah, and that's always good in this round. So, um, yeah, that's the good. Bad. Two of his wars against the Bulgars failed. <laughs> he didn't lose. The first one, a storm destroyed his fleet. And the second one, he inconveniently died before it could be finished. Loser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, there's, there's nothing huge. But maybe that's just because we have no more detail because of the sources. I think, the yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. But also the huge one's probably the Civil War. He won his empire back. Yeah, that is quite big. Decisively. Yeah, we don't have much detail, but if someone had written a four-volume epic on that civil war, I'm sure everyone would talk about how it's one of the most important in history or something. <laughs> That's how source bias works. So, uh, I think better than average. I'm prepared to give him a six. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking slightly above average, but not amazing. Uh, should I go to seven? No, six. All right. Twelve. Same as Augustus. Wow. wow. I've, I've been looking at Augustus and Tiberius. For reasons that will come apparent soon. But Augustus did so much more. But we Agrippa. were very harsh because it was mostly Agrippa. It's that yeah. damn injury to his exactly. name. Exactly. I, I do think if we ever were to go back and review our scores, that's <laughs> yes. season three and four, just redoing it all, <laughs> yeah. uh, we would probably give uh, him more, as in Augustus, more than just, just 12. Yeah. I think we episode, were harsh. Yeah, and we yeah. probably, probably need a two-part episode as well. Oh, yes, yeah. How we managed to do it so quickly, I don't know. But anyway, I think Constantine V will be very pleased with his 12. I Actually, understand. no, I don't know. He might be disappointed. He did quite a bit. Anyway, 12 is what he's getting next. Approvium Crazium. Okay, about Constantine V and the orders undertaken on his behalf, Theophanes writes, and I quote, Who is competent to relate in full all of the unholy deeds? For I do not plan to, one by one, recite every action. The universe itself, I think, would not have room for all the books that would be written. Perhaps it's not true. <laughs> no, but apparently he did lots of nasty stuff. One that Theophanes uh, highlighted was the general of the Thracician theme. Yeah. Was interpreting the orders of Constantine V on how to deal with monks who were opposing iconoclasm. Hmm. So what he did is he rounded up a bunch of monks, dipped all their beards in oil... Oh. And then set fire to the beards. No! Yes. That's horrible. Well, the emperor, upon hearing this, immediately wrote to the general, You are a man after my own heart. <laughs> you are acting as I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I never even considered that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a horrible thing. Yeah. 
Just imagine Constantine hearing it. Flamey, flamey beards? I didn't even know that was a thing! Brilliant! (laughs) Add it to the book! Uh, It's listed that he had men beaten to death, whipped to death, stoned to death. He put people in bags with stones and threw them into the sea. He chopped people's hands off, feet off, noses off. Nothing stands out. He plucked people's eyes out. Nothing stands out. That's what they all did. Uh, the parties and the orgies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go on, re- refresh my brain. Well, unfortunately, there really isn't anything else to add. So there's no detail. Apart from the horses, the demons, <laughs> um, everything else. Yeah, I mean, he liked to drink and play music. Now, realistically, <laughs> he was pushing iconoclasm. He enjoyed a drink or two and a party, and he enjoyed playing music. Mm. Maybe he was a bit loose with his uh, sexuality. And the church hated everything he did. Mm. So they've tried to spin it into something worse yeah. than it was. Equally, that's the historical record. We are not having stories of orgies <laughs> and not giving him at least a point in that direction oh, yeah, yeah. for it. Um, yeah, the sources are very slim and entirely hostile to him. So it is very hard to judge. I, th- I think a healthy five. Yeah, I think we're going to have to go middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he was a poo-loving demon. (laughs) Demon bedding. Demon bedding, yes. (laughs) A demon bedding madman who killed everyone the moment he set eyes on them. But I I don't think he was, to be honest. He probably didn't bed demons, no. Probably not. So we can't go high. But yeah, okay. Five apiece. So nice healthy ten. I'm just wondering whether to give him an extra point for the, uh, the beard on fire. I've added that into my five. No, I'm going for six. You're going for six? Yeah. Pop me down I've for another. I've got to change. Got to change it. Oh, it's in pen, Rob. It's not pens. I can rub out. How messy that looks now. Eleven. Success. Success. Okay. Um, I mean, if you trust the sources, he should be getting minus points in this round. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but trying to see through it, he pulled the city through the plague, a drought, and a very short mini eyesight age by the sounds of things. <laughs> Uh, the city under him prospered, despite all these bad things happening. It was a tough time to mm. be emperor. There's mm. a lot going on. But uh, you can't get around the fact that he is trying to enforce a religious policy on a population and a church that do not want it. And it is causing huge schisms, not just in the capital, but in the wider empire, and in fact, in the wider world. Okay. For example, he in no way attempted to repair the damage in the West that his father has had caused. Mm. Remember, the Ravenna was starting to, to revolt in Leo's reign. Many places were just leaving the empire in Italy. Pope wanted nothing to do with Leo mm. and didn't want anything to do with Constantine afterwards. Now, Ravenna, going back to Ravenna, uh, already in a bit of a spiral, finally fouled the Lombards in 751, about halfway through Constantine's reign. So the Italian exarchate was gone. And it would never come back. A new West was starting to emerge. Right. Mini detour here, just so we know what's actually going on in the West, because I've not mentioned it in the rest of the episode. No, really. And we do we do need to know what's Mention going on Greece over there. Well, yeah, um, as I've already said, the Umayyad Caliphate had uh, failed to invade Gaul at one point. Like They've got most of Spain, and they've gone into Gaul. Uh, Charles Martel, a Frankish general, won the Battle of Tours to stop the Islamic conquest in 732. His son, Sir Charles Martel's son, was a man named Pepin the Short. (laughs) That's a great name. Pepin the Short became king of the Franks, 
with the Pope's approval. This alliance came just in time, and Rome, all but abandoned by the Empire, called upon the Franks for help to reclaim North Italy. Because mm. the Lombards have come and taken Ravenna. Uh. Rome looks around, thinks, well, shall we ask Constantine for help? The, the heretic emperor who does nothing but sleep with demons and play with horse poo? <laughs> well, who else can we ask for help? But the Franks are good Christians, mm. like us. Absolute moral. Yeah, and this Pepin the short fella... He's a bit on the, the, the stout side. But yeah, he's... but he seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. Son of Charles yeah. Martel, the hero of the Battle of Tours. Yeah, let's, let's, call upon, let's call upon the Franks. So they do. The Pope asks the Franks for help to reclaim North Italy. Pepin sweeps down, defeats the Lombards, and all the land was returned to the Pope. Mm. The Papal States are born. Ooh. And so was an alliance between the Franks and the Papal States that Pepin's son would build upon, because Pepin's son was none other than Charlemagne, the first Holy Roman Emperor. Dun, dun, dun. I've heard the name. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves slightly here. That hasn't happened quite yet, but I'm just setting up for the future. So... All of that is ignored by Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're going to have... This is where my knowledge of Roman history is really bad. Because, you know, normally it's, it's on point. It, oh, yeah, you are there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know things that prior knowledge is, is outstanding. But is the Holy Roman Empire different to the one in Constantinople? Is um, he going to be his own emperor in, in, in Rome? There is huge debate on what on earth the Holy Roman Emperor, Empire is. Um, and we are not going to get into it now. Uh, but we will eventually. We'll decide. Yeah, we'll decide. But essentially, what you need to know is that the the Italy, Rome, Ravenna has fallen from the Empire mm. around this time. Right. And it's not long before the Pope decides that actually it's about time the West got a new Emperor back. So the Roman Empire is born again in the West. But it's really not the Roman Empire. No. Uh, and... But it, it's a big historical debate. We don't have time to get into okay. now. We will decide. Interesting. It is definitely a potential for season three, though. Ooh. And Charlemagne would be our episode one. Ooh. Yes. Exciting. But I don't know. But anyway, uh, like I say, this hasn't actually happened yet in our narrative. But no. it's a big deal, as is the formation of Baghdad and the uh, Abbasid Caliphate. All these big things are happening around at this time. Constantine isn't really a big player in any of this. No. And big world events happening that have nothing to do with the Roman Emperor. It really shows how Rome as an empire is falling. Uh, are we seeing the point where it's just now all decline? We hit that with Marcus Aurelius. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but That's yes. quite depressing, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hit that in, like, episode 19 or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, right, we are in the success, successors ultimus round, so we should probably give him a score. So uh, just to recap, there he did he did some good stuff. Mm. He repaired the city a lot. The aqueducts that was very that was vital repairing. Yeah, exactly. People were dying of thirst, and he got those repairs done. He he built the city up that was in ruin slightly. Um, but I mean, the iconoclast movement's not great. It is it's starting civil wars. He inherited it from his dad, but mm. he he pushes it even further. 
That's true, though. When you've got that religious belief, you want to keep... Because you, you, you're convinced you're right. Yeah. And you're going to fight people that are wrong because they're just evil. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. No. Um, four. Yeah, yeah. Put me down for a four as well. I think you're right. I love that we're matching up so much recently. It's really nice. In the past the year, <laughs> we seem to just... We've just... gone in sync. Yeah. Yeah. Image of What's he look like? Um, imagining long curly hair, beard... Well, possibly. I've got one of his earlier coins here. Um, he reigned for a long time, as oh, you may it? have uh, realised. Yeah, we're from young to grey hair. Yeah, so um, that's him. No beard in this, which makes him look quite young, so maybe he didn't have a beard. Massive eyebrows, though. Big eyebrows. Long hair again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holding a rock. Yeah, rock with a cross. Maybe it was Rocky. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe Rocky's been converted. He now holds a holds, guessing, holds an icon. Well, yeah, I'm guessing the cross doesn't count as an icon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Odd that. I guess an icon's something you worship too, though. No, no that's a good point. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, meh. Nice detail on the robing, though. Like, yeah, the robe's it. The robe is good. Nice hat. Cross on his hat. Yeah. It's middle of the road, though. Got it's not fringe, bad. It's though. not good. I'm going no. middle of the road. I'm going five. I'm for four. Not interested as much as you. Or they've got five easy to, to divide on it. Actually, give him a five. Let's rank him up a little bit more. Well, no, it's fine. If you want, it's 2.25 if you give him a four. Nah. Actually, yeah. No, I've got him a four. <laughs> 2.25. Excellent. Next. Tempo completed. Go on, hazard a guess how long? 57 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go higher or lower. 57. Lower. 40. Lower. 30. Higher. 35. Lower. 34. Yes. 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 <laughs> 741 <laughs> to 775. I thought he was 732 he became emperor, because that's when he was baptised and he had his... that. No, that that was when he became co-emperor. I'm not counting that. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, this many times. He was a yeah. child. Fair he enough. wasn't real emperor. No, this was his uh, independent rule, 741 to 775. Okay. Yeah. Interestingly, I mean, this is very rough and ready maths here, though. 775... Means that we we're now pretty much halfway through. Huh? We're pretty much halfway through the uh, Byzantines. No, the Roman Empire as a whole. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, like time-wise. Oh okay. We had two thirds of the way through emperor-wise, but we're only halfway through. Because the we're, long reigns. Yeah, we're finishing roughly in fourteen fifty. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I just noticed with the times, it's like oh we, we've okay we've gone slightly beyond it now. Uh, in this world, but yeah, we're, we're pretty much there. Halfway mm. from the very start of our podcast. Nice. That's slightly depressing, we're only halfway. <laughs> <laughs> but we're way beyond halfway in terms of numbers. Yeah. But yeah. Right, okay, so whilst I was waffling on, have you worked out what his score was there? I'd never work out what his score is. <laughs> I don't know how. Is it divided by eight? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Hang on. It's going to be like ooh, four point something. 4.25. Oh, yes! <laughs> Which is a high tempo completo score. That's not bad. Not bad. That gives him a score of 37.5. Higher than I was expecting. But actually listening to accomplishments, you can kind of see why. Yeah, his lowest score is Successus Ultimus, but he did a fair bit of fighting, although nothing amazing, and he was a a little bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. A solid all-rounder. Yeah, I think so. But does he get it? Well, let's find out, because the last time we forgot... And you managed to just quickly cut in something other just laughing at him, which is nice. <laughs> I, I got a section where we didn't say anything, 
<laughs> so I just put the sound effect in and the answer was us not saying anything. But yes, we did forget last time. Yeah. It's a good job he didn't get it last time. I'm assuming we weren't going to give it to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Since we literally forgot the round. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. But we're not this time. So no. Let's find out. Do they have a certain genesis? He's got a good nickname. Yes. He pooed in the font. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's, break, let's, let's be a bit fairer. He, he okayed the setting of beards on fire. Okay, he won a civil war. Yeah. He invaded Syria. Yeah. He won two wars against the Bulgars. Yeah. He helped the, the, the empire through plague, drought, icebergs. He took part in orgies. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly with demons. Actual demons. Oh, um, yeah. I'm I'm leaning towards no. No, I'm, I'm no. Yeah, I'm not even leaning. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very middle of the road. It feels like even though he got quite, he got a very decent score. He's in the topper end. He's on the. He's, he deserves that score, higher percentile. But yeah, but uh, he's he's doesn't have it, does he? No, no. And yeah, the the iconoclast thing. It's big. Oh, he forces Starlight to pay taxes. Oh, he did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> So, but we have no money. <laughs> the whole point is we have nothing. And that's what I'm going to tax. It's like when you see police um, taking addresses of homeless people and fining them. Yeah. It's that sort of yeah. level of intelligence, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Mm. It's a no. No. So, sorry, Constantine 5 slash Pooface. No Genesis are for you. And in the Colosseum, we're going to get eaten by uh, lions... No horse done in there. We swept it clean. Yes. So there we go. Right. Well, yeah. that's that's our episode on uh, Constantine. Things are going to get interesting quite soon. Are they? Oh yes. Oh thank goodness. <laughs> Don't want to give it away too much, but and it's certainly not next week. Well, next episode. Uh, but we finally get our first female emperor. Really? Really quite soon. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that because I'd have been just like a surprise on the day. No, it wouldn't be. Oh, really? Is it passage. Irene? It is Irene, yes. Oh, yes. come on, Irene. <laughs> da, 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 da. I, I realise her real name's Eileen in the song, but it's funny to... Yeah, and also most people won't know what that song is. Really? It's a classic 80s song. I'm guessing no one in America's heard that song. Come on, Eileen. Oh, they must do. No. I'll post it to Facebook and Twitter. They will. That's not going to have broken to America. My teacher at school, it was his brother who wrote it. Really? Yeah, it's a weird little factoid for you. I mean, it's a terrible song, don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's pretty memorable. It is. Right, anyway, on that note, uh, thank you very much for listening to us. Please leave reviews as per usual. Please uh, tell other people about this, especially as it's, it's New Year. That could be your New Year's resolution. Yeah. Tell people about this podcast. And it's a small achievable one as well. You yeah, could, you yeah. could do it on, on the bus. Yeah. Just shout it out. Yeah. You could do it walking down the beach. Yeah. Bellow it to the side. Tell one person January, two people February. Oh, yes. Yeah. 700 people December. Yeah, that works. Incremental steps. Yeah, maths. Yeah. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. And all that needs to be said is, what an ass. <laughs> a backwards facing ass. Yeah, it's donkey get it he's on a donkey yeah yeah it's not an ass though oh they're they're blinding him with vinegar goodbye
And it's the gorgeous pentagon there, candles ready. Oh, oh blood, blood of virgin. There we go. We'll splatter that around here. Oh, that's lovely. I really think this is going to work. Right, here we go, here we go. Welcome, mere mortal. Oh, hello. I will devour your soul. Tell me more. I will drag you down to the depths of hell, where you will not be able to breathe. Going down, you say? Would you like a glass of wine? Well, I, I shouldn't really. Not while I'm on the job. One won't hurt. Oh, have you, have you been working out? Well, well, yes. No one else has noticed. Oh, no, I certainly... Oh, I say, I'm guessing they work you hard down there. Well, yes, I never get the holidays. No, that's... Sorry, let, let me just put some mood music on. Uh, it, is that Barry White? Why, yes, it is. Why are you looking at me in that way? I've been summoning demons for what seems like quite a while now, and I've never... I'm just going to say it's in one quite as handsome as you. Well, thank you. I had a new horn cut the other day. Yes, I do admire good demon's horn. Why don't we uh, take this conversation to the bedroom? Oh, okay. Yes, just, just, just lie down here. Lie. Oh, yes, yes, no. I'll tell you what, it's a bit cheeky. Why don't you put this blindfold on? Oh. Yes, go, go on, put the blindfold on. I don't normally get summoned for these kinds of things. Now, just to stay still, I'm just getting something ready. This is turning into a very strange evening. Is that just be a second? I'm just bringing it through now. Take your time. Don't, don't peek through the mask. I'm back. Oh. Wait, what, what's that smell? That's the horse manure. Uh, oh, I, I'm not really into that. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's perfectly normal. No, no. There are many things a demon would do. I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. Oh, how disappointing. Can I please set your beard on fire? 